Welcome to the premium sermon podcast of the Potter's House Church in Virginia Beach, affiliated with Christian Fellowship Ministries. It's Wayman Wednesday. That means you're about to hear a message from the founder of our fellowship, Pastor Wayman Mitchell. Even though he's entered into his reward and is in the presence of our Lord, we still need to hear his clarion call to faithfulness, holiness, discipleship, and commitment to the cause of Christ. Thanks for supporting World Evangelism with your premium subscription, and enjoy today's sermon. Luke's Gospel, chapter 13, if you want to turn there with me. One more year is the theme that we want to look at in this passage of Scripture. Every living thing that God has created has within it the ability to reproduce itself and recreate itself. We want to take a look here this morning and, and in this text that we have, we have an admonition and we also have a tremendous promise that our Lord Jesus spoke. Not only is it not natural for life to not reproduce, but it's not acceptable to God. It's especially true in the kingdom of God, individual and in churches. Verse 6 of Luke 13, I want to capture your attention. Jesus also spoke this parable. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came seeking fruit on it, and he found none. Then he said to the keeper of the vineyard, Look, for three years I've come seeking fruit on this fig tree and find none. Cut it down. Why does it use up the ground? But he answered and said to him, Sir, let it alone this year also until I dig around it and fertilize it. And if it bears fruit well, but if not, after that you can cut it down. One more year. I want to speak very simply from this passage of Scripture and Call to your attention the purpose of God. If you will fasten uh, on nature's lesson, I, I was talking with some of the men at breakfast, and Don Rawlinson uh, uh, brought a very interesting uh, insight as he's worked in, with trees and with plants. And he brought some insight. Uh, every tree has what is known as feeder roots. And these feeder roots go out from the trunk of the tree. They uh, span around it. uh, And these feeder roots are crucial to the growth and to the health of this. Uh, But if there are plants and weeds uh, that have uh, covered over and are, are stealing the nurturing or preventing the air and the water from getting down to these feeder roots, uh, it will greatly hinder the growth. and the fruit of this tree, air and water must penetrate uh, to cause that uh, to be able to receive the nutrients. So this is why it has this statement, let me dig about it. And the issue there is to turn the soil around the tree so that the feeder roots uh, can receive the nutrients and the air and the water that is necessary uh, And here we get a tremendous imagery uh, that is very, very uh, powerful, uh, and we need to think about that. Here's the danger of the church. The danger of the church uh, is that these feeder roots, as it is within the body of the Lord Jesus Christ or within the growing factors of the church, uh, are covered over, and uh, 
they must be released and they must be nourished for growth and for fruitfulness. What happens is that many times the people who are the feeder roots of the growth and the fruitfulness of the tree are not allowed to be released to the possibility and the potential that is there. A pastor can surround himself with a certain group of people and uh, uh, he's partial towards these people uh, and uh, the feeder roots, which are the regular people that attend and are so necessary to the life of a church, are not allowed to have their natural development uh, and this is a tremendous danger in a church as we make the application that is here. The purpose of God is overwhelmingly evident, uh, not only in this text, but also in many scriptures uh, of the Bible. The purpose of God is fruit, not adornment. God's purpose in all of creation, as you examine everything uh, that is the imagery that the Lord Jesus Christ tells in his parables, uh, over and over again, uh, he makes it known that fruit is the purpose that he's moving towards. And this is true with every church. And this is true with every movement. This is true with every individual. And Jesus emphasized this to his disciple. In the book of John chapter 15, he gives us the, uh, uh, the story. I'm the vine and you're the branches. And then he says in John 15 in verse 16, you did not choose me, but I chose you that you should go and bear fruit uh, and that your fruit should remain uh, that whatever he asks the Father in my name uh, that he may give it to you. And uh, making the application, uh, we find then that fruitlessness uh, is a curse uh, and that's true whether it's in nature or whether it is in an individual or whether it's in a, tr uh, whether it's in, uh, a church. Now, as we begin to examine this and make the application individually and personally, uh, we understand that very possibly Jesus is talking about the nation of Israel. And uh, the nation of Israel is spoken of as a vine or a vineyard or as a tree often. Uh, and even the imagery is there of the fig tree, many Bible commentators say. But in uh, Isaiah chapter 5, verse 7 says, The vineyard of the Lord... Uh, of hosts is the house of Israel, and the men of Judah are his pleasant plant. Matthew 21 and verse 43, the Lord Jesus Christ says, Therefore I say to you, the kingdom of God will be taken from you and given to a nation that is bringing forth the fruit thereof. The Lord Jesus Christ makes this very clear. These are people who are coming to Christ. These are people that are one to God by the witness of the church. And finally, as Israel, which is God's testimony among the nations of the world, have turned to themselves and have left the purpose of God, finally Jesus began to pronounce this tremendous truth about them and makes them understand that God's looking for fruit not just an adornment uh, or somebody that calls himself uh, the people of God. The book of Acts chapter 2, men and brethren, what shall we do? Peter's preaching, and as he's preaching, uh, the Spirit of God has been poured out. 
God is now moving. He's bypassed the nation of Israel. He has, uh, 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 he has uh, judged them for their disobedience. Now the Holy Spirit's being poured out uh, and uh, Peter's preaching and he says these words. Then Peter said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized uh, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins uh, and you shall receive the gift uh, of uh, the Holy Spirit. In the parable that Jesus gives uh, of the seed and the sower, there's tremendous truth uh, that is there. You could preach for a month on that, uh, on that uh, parable uh, alone. But Jesus makes a tremendous statement in Matthew 13, uh, verse 8 and 9. Uh, Others fell on good ground, uh, and it yielded a crop, uh, some a hundred, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears to hear, let him uh, hear. So whether you're talking about the parable of uh, the fig tree, whether you're talking about the parable of the seed and the sower, whether you're talking about the fish uh, and the net, uh, whether you're talking about the harvest, uh, uh, the image uh, that we're looking at and we want to focus on uh, cannot be missed, and that is God's talking about people uh, who believe the gospel uh, and turn to the gospel of Christ uh, and are born again. One more year. Now, I want to think with you for a moment about a time frame. We make a tremendous uh, uh, mistake in life as human beings, as we're, we're uh, uh, creatures that uh, generally, as Jesus said, we strain a gnat and swallow a camel. We look at uh, the business of time as being optional and as being uh, limitless. Now, think with me for a moment as we catch the imagery. Here is the vineyard owner, the one who owns the vineyard. He has people working for him. He comes now, and as he comes, he sees his fig tree, uh, and he remembers that the last three years he's come, and there's no fruit that has grown on this fig tree. Uh, and he says, why does this come to the ground? Uh, I've come the last three years. Uh, I find no fruit, uh, and so cut it down. Why is it taking up place uh, in this place. We make a mistake this morning when we have the idea that uh, time is limitless with God. doesn't matter. Uh, there's plenty of time to do anything. There, is no, there are no limits to time. And we also make a mistake when we have the idea that uh, we have the option of time. This means that we can act when we want to act, uh, and when we don't want to act, we don't have to act. It's not going to bother anything uh, uh, because we make that mistake. In the prophecy uh, that Peter gives of the last days of which you and I surely live, he made this statement in 2 Peter 3, 4, since the fathers fell asleep, uh, all things continue uh, just as they were uh, from the beginning uh, of creation. Now, this is, uh, is very fitting this morning as you and I are sitting here. Uh, uh, most of us have known about the preaching of the coming of Jesus Christ. Uh, and uh, the difficulty is many people today uh, are making a mistake. And that mistake is that uh, we can act when we want to act. Uh, doesn't matter. Time is optional to us. There's no limit to time. Uh, but here's a frightening statement that I want to fasten your minds on one more year. Now, Jesus brings that, if you ever open to anything, open to that statement, one more year. Jesus says the husband comes, he's seeking fruit, and he finds none on, 
And so we have to make uh, this application uh, and we have to bring uh, uh, into the issue of accountability. Because what we're dealing with here is an accountability for our own lives. We're dealing with the accountability of our church. We're dealing this morning with a measurement of time, a measurement of productivity and results, and bringing, being brought into account for that and that time frame. And this accountability, each of us must, must consider and examine ourselves uh, because there's a failure of productivity uh, that we find here. Now, this is a frightening statement. I want you to remember, if you don't remember another thing about what I preached this morning, remember these words, uh, one more year. Jesus is talking in John 15 to the disciples. He's using imagery that is common to them of, 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 of a vineyard of, or a vine, he says, I'm of the vine and you're the branches. And then he begins to make this personal application. And he says these words, every branch in me that does not bear fruit is cut off and is cast into the fire. Now we have to examine ourselves personally here. Much of the Christian world is caught up. When Jesus said to the disciples, you come follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Most of the Christian world today uh, is involved uh, in uh, swapping fish from one aquarium uh, to another. They're not caught up in this business uh, of catching men, as Jesus said. Can you say amen? And so as we examine this for a moment, uh, uh, one, one of our men said uh, what the real problem is, that, that many churches uh, and many Christians are poachers or they're wrestlers. They're not interested uh, in catching men. They're not interested in bearing fruit. They're spending all their time uh, trying to steal uh, fruit from somebody else's vineyard uh, or trying to steal fish out of somebody else's aquarium uh, or trying to steal livestock uh, from somebody else's herd. So when we are honest of heart and we look at this personally, when Jesus said one more year, he's making a statement about time and he's making a statement about the limitations and this is applicable both to an individual and to a church and to movement. And if you and I this morning are not involved in doing something to reach precious souls, something's going to miss. Can you say Amen. That doesn't mean that you are, uh, or this morning you're thinking about all the scalps you're going to hang on your belt or the people you've prayed with. But it does mean that something ought to be active in your life. Uh, you know, the, the interesting thing about Christianity is uh, there are all kinds of limitations of human personality, but everyone can do something. There's not a single person here. You may be limited in age. You may be limited in mobility. You may be limited in means. But every person here can pray. Can you say amen? There's not a living soul in this building that cannot pray. There are a vast number of opportunities and circumstances where we can make a contribution in one way or another. And if we can't do anything else, at least we can give ourselves to prayer. It's interesting. I was thinking as I was preparing this sermon, how many times the Apostle Paul said, brethren, pray for us. And the reason that he did that uh, was he realized uh, that what he was doing and what he was accomplishing uh, was not by his own skill or ability, but unless God 
moved in his behalf. Uh, nothing's going to happen. Uh, and he's reaching out and he's saying to these people uh, uh, this statement, uh, you may not be able to do anything else, but you can pray. Uh, and if you pray, uh, God will help you make a contribution. One uh, author made a very interesting statement. He said, we learned also that the prayers of our friends and family could transmit currents uh, of strength uh, to us. Uh, think about that for a moment. Uh, when you and I will give ourselves to prayer, this is not just simply an exercise that God has given to us. This is something that triggers uh, a divine dimension. This is something that moves in the spirit realm. And as we pray, God then begins to move and powerful spiritual blessings begin to be released. And they add to what God is doing in reaching souls for Jesus Christ. Now, as you're sitting here this morning and we're thinking about this, what if God came to you and he said to you these words, one more year. That's all you've got. You've got one more year. Can you imagine in your mind how immediately that would focus your mind unto, okay, one more year. So if that's it, I've got to get it on. It was a famous old preacher, Samuel Johnson, I said. He said, Samuel Johnson, a famous preacher, and he said these words that stuck with me. He said, it is marvelous to behold how putting a noose around a man's neck focuses his mind. Now let's bring that down this morning to a personal application. What if God said to you, you've got one more year and I'm going to examine you at the end of that year and if you have not made a contribution, if you have not energized, unless I see some fruit moving in your life of some, of some means or of some measurable amount, then there's no reason for you to exist. You're going to cease to exist on planet Earth. Revelation 2, verse 5. Remember, therefore, from where you've fallen, the Lord says to this church, repent and do the first works or else I'll come to you quickly and I'll remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. So in other words, here is a church that the Lord Jesus Christ appears to and this is a representative entity uh, throughout uh, the book of Revelation. And you can read that as a history of its own. But he says, uh, unless you repent and you go back to the mentality and the fruitfulness that you had, uh, I'm going to remove your candlestick. In the book of uh, Matthew 13, verse 12, said, for whoever has, uh, to him will be given more and he will have abundance. But whoever does not have, uh, even what he has uh, will be taken from him. So here we have uh, uh, these words. And I trust the Holy Spirit will cause it to be imprinted on your heart and upon your mind uh, that there is a possibility uh, of God saying to a church, there is a possibility of God saying to each of us as an individual, I'm going to measure time to you now and if I don't see some fruitfulness, if I don't see some kind of activity, if I don't see some kind of contribution that you're making, uh, adding to uh, the spiritual dynamic that are going to bring souls to Christ, uh, then there's no reason for you to exist any longer. I might as well remove you from the earth. But here's the good part of this tremendous story. 
I want to talk to you about the grace of God for a moment. And uh, I want to say if anyone that's visiting, always stay with me. I always put light at the end of the tunnel regardless of what I'm preaching. I bring hope to the human race. Can you say amen? The grace of God. Now, the Bible is a history of redemption. And uh, that history of redemption is that uh, man is brought to the place uh, where redemption uh, can be made manifest. Now, the Bible uh, uses uncomplimentary terms many times in, in talking about us. I preached, I think, last Wednesday on heads down, and uh, I made the imagery of sheep. I had a, a man came to me after I got through preaching, and he said, Pastor, uh, I've worked uh, with sheep, and uh, I think a, a doctor or something with them, and he said, I want to tell you that sheep are the most despicable, uh, stupidest uh, creatures that God ever put on planet Earth. And then God makes the application that people are sheep. Well, that's not very complimentary. Can you say amen? But thank God that's not the end of the story. Can you say amen? Thank the Lord we have a redemptive God. And this redemptive God gives us a revelation. Fasten your eyes on these words. Dig about it and fertilize it. So here is the wonderful promise and the hope of God. God says, uh, I'm not going to just give up on this just yet. And if you're sitting there this morning, I want to tell you, a redemptive God always is at work to bring forth fruit to those who are not fruitful. A redemptive God is always at work in a church, if he can, to bring forth fruit in that. And he says these words, I'm not going to give up yet, dig about it, uh, and fertilize it, uh, and this is the God who is fruitful. In the midst of this, one of our uh, men made a tremendous uh, statement and said, uh, think about Aaron's rod. If you're a Bible student, you know that there came a time when uh, the 12... uh, uh, the 12 tribes uh, uh, laid up their, uh, their rods before God. They all cut a rod. It's nothing more than a stick. They laid it up before God overnight, and overnight God made a rod that had no roots, had nothing, made it to bear limbs, put on leaves, flower out, and bear ripe fruit in one night. That's the God that we serve. And so this gives us tremendous hope this morning. Can you say amen? is that if we lay hold of God and we allow God's processes, which he is constantly trying to bring to pass in redemption and in fruitfulness, if we allow those to operate, then God can work a miracle in our behalf. And as the scripture says there, dig about it and fertilize it. And this is tremendous hope for you and I. Listen to Jesus as he characterizes this effort in John 15, verse 2. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. That's a bad part. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it that it may bring forth more fruit. Now, here's a tremendous statement, and that is that the redemptive processes of God are constantly at work. The Holy Spirit is constantly moving in our hearts and in our lives, and even if you're bearing fruit, he wonderfully enables us and he helps us so that we may bear more fruit. The book of Isaiah, chapter 27 and verse 6, says, those who come He shall cause to take root in Jacob, 
Israel shall blossom and bud and fill the face of the earth with fruit. In John 15, Jesus speaks four tremendous principles that we need to consider. He talks about fruit. Then he talks about more fruit. Then he talks about much fruit. And then he talks about fruit that remain. And he brings to you and I this tremendous principle. God is able to move upon our hearts. Can you say amen? Thanks be unto God. He's able to move on a dead stick and bring it to life and cause it to bring forth fruit unto righteousness. However, I want to bring you back to that statement. Don't presume on God. Don't presume. Well, we have plenty of time because the Bible brings it very clear that there is a time frame involved. Jesus said, the things concerning me have an end. And so as we sit here in this building this morning, we need to soberly look at the issues before. Don't presume on God. Say, God, I know that, uh, that I have plenty of time because we don't know when the clock may strike and time is finished. Neither a limit God. In Lamentation 3, verse 22 and 23, he says, it is of the mercies of the Lord that we're not consumed because his compassions fail not. They're new every morning. I think I told the men yesterday uh, 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 an illustration. I said, I think I have this in a sermon. And uh, sure enough, it's in this morning's sermon. When I was uh, uh, back in Prescott and Easter, uh, we had our Easter uh, production of the children's play. And uh, so children's plays, uh, children's church, are always very inter- interesting because it's, it's, the best, it's the best show the whole year. I mean, uh, here's kids up there. You know, they're, they're uh, picking their nose. They're doing all kinds of things that embarrass their parents. Their parents are out there looking. And uh, they got their camera. They want to get them in there. And, uh, and children's plays, you know, have about as much conviction as this pulpit there. And I always hate to give an altar call at the end of a children's program. If, if there's anybody around that I can do, I say, <clears throat> you, it's your turn to give the altar call because there's no conviction. You get up and you do, you're then you like, I want to tell you, God is God. To my astonishment, as I gave the altar call, and it's a beautiful, the kids are great, and they wiggled, and they, you know, they do all their stuff, uh, and there's no conviction of any kind. But God is God. And so as I gave the altar call, I gave it a, a, a good shot. I was honest at heart, gave it a good shot. To my astonishment, three adults' hands come up, and they come down and pray. I said, wow. You know, that's a... <laughs> but here's the good part. One of those was Dennis Wright, our evangelist uh, son. He's been back. So I'm not sure he was ever saved. But he, in his teenage years, he went out and drugs with some bad guys. And he's married, got three kids. His beautiful little wife's been faithful all these years uh, and stuck by him. And I mean, he's, he's been a grief of heart. And Dennis had just preached a revival. Uh, I think I closed off the night before it when I went home. And uh, he never even budged. I mean, this guy, he's as hard as nails. Uh, and here's this children's program. Uh, and here's Josh Wright. Up goes his hand. First, down he comes. There was a, another uh, uh, girl answered the altar call. She's a, a church kid also, been out, uh, married, made a bad marriage, backslidden, um, immoral, 
I just talked to her just for a minute before the service, and, and she's weeping through the whole service, this children program. She tears just streaming down her eyes, and uh, bing, she comes and answers the altar call. And then a church kid who, uh, he's never saved, I know, went in the military, just back from Iraq, and he, come, and he comes down and answers the altar call. All three of those have subsequently been baptized in water and are locked solidly in church. And God's just saying to me, O ye of little faith. <laughs> are you still with me this morning? Don't limit God. God can bring forth fruit from a dead stick. All God's looking for is an arena and someone that will give him an opportunity uh, to touch the hearts and the souls of humanity, and he will bring forth fruit. One more year. I want every head bowed. I want every eye closed. Thanks again for listening to the free version of the VBPH Sermon Podcast, where we post sermons on Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Sundays. We also have a premium version of this podcast, which posts sermons and interviews every single day of the week. So why would you want to subscribe? I'm glad you asked. I have five reasons for you. Number one, on the premium version, we post full versions of Testimony Tuesday, Pastor Campbell Thursday, and Study Day Saturday. If you'd like to hear those episodes, then subscribe now. Reason number two, uninterrupted listening. We remove all ads and all extraneous content from our premium feed. Reason number three, premium episodes always release six hours earlier than the free version. If you're an early bird, it's a great reason to subscribe. Number four, our subscribers will gain access to our sermon chat group on WhatsApp, where we interact directly with listeners around the globe. If you'd like to chat with other premium subscribers, subscribe today. And finally, every dollar we raise goes to world evangelism. This is the best reason to subscribe because you are helping us launch churches all around the world. We don't put one dime in our pockets. Everything that we raise from this podcast will go directly to Thursday night of Chandler Conference. So please subscribe today by using the links in the show notes below. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to the sermon podcast of the Virginia Beach Potter's House Church. Were you blessed by today's message? Let us know. Please leave us a rating on Apple Podcast or on Podchaser. We'll be back next time with another life-changing word from heaven. God bless. God bless.